you know, and we really see that, you know, that there's thousands of independent gold businesses globally, you know, and we really see them as as the independent bank branches of this ecosystem. You know, I talk about this quite a lot. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, really resonate with the concept, and that is that we want there to be, you know, five, ten thousand bank branches that are on and off ramps to the digital ecosystem, that are independently owned, you know, that have this trustless structure around them, that that are also local, that you can go and talk to, that that are really going to help remove some of the barriers between those who are uninitiated into the space and those who want to be involved. That is Michael Cotton, and this is episode. 39 of the Blockchain Pro podcast. Welcome to episode 39 of the Blockchain Pro Podcast. I'm Adriana Bellotti and today's guest is Michael Cotton. Michael started his first business when he was 17 years old and has led many successful ventures in the precious metals and collectibles industries, including Imperial Group, which led him to meld and precious metals tokens built on the Algorand blockchain. We had a chat between events during Blockchain Week last month, and I tried my best to clean up the background noise, but there's a little bit left. I hope that it's not too annoying for you. Um, so let's go. Let's get to know Michael. Hi, Michael. Hey, Adriana. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for chatting to us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to be talking to you because gold in the blockchain is a big thing but before we get there let's go back in time tell me a little bit about how you chose to work in this industry and up until the point that you decided to go on the blockchain uh really good question also excited to be meeting in person too i think that's almost a gimmick these days it is. uh really good question so i i started my business when i was 17 uh i guess in in true startup fashion it was from my bedroom you know in a singlet and underwear and not very exciting or flattering i'm sure uh and started working in the precious metal space and to be honest at the time i, I probably didn't grasp the value of precious metals the, the way i went on to do so but i got a really awesome education in the industry by one being young uh, being interested, being keen and being hungry and so I had some really good advice and mentors through the space uh, and slowly but surely I really started to realize one the industry was was very stuck uh, and, and very uncollaborative and, and really didn't see much innovation at all which for me was fantastic because for someone who really loves innovation and loves technology I started to really see wow you know there's this huge opportunity to take massive leaps in, in what the industry has available to it and can utilize uh, and so this is all pre-blockchain, but started looking at actually um, streamlining the supply chain with technology and started doing that and started working with other big businesses within the industry. And some of these businesses were 100 plus years old. And, you know, for them dealing with a young startup who was in the industry who managed to actually get to a point of transacting with them at that kind of level sort of create a lot of intrigue and, and really meant that the relationships I was building in the industry were really strong because, you know, thankfully a lot of them had 
um, a lot of good things to say about the fact that I made it as far as I did for, for an industry that is tends to be a bit of an old boys club. Uh, and then a good friend of mine introduced me to blockchain. And to be honest, at first I was like, I don't know about this. And partly probably because uh, he wasn't very educated on, on the topic. So I sort of dismissed it a little bit. Uh, and then I started digging a bit myself. I saw a few things. I was like, this is actually really interesting. Uh, and for me, you know, gold ownership has often been done via certificates and blockchain was the perfect digital version of, of ownership of gold, of real gold in a vault. And that completely opened my mind to the idea of this is a, a fantastic way for gold to be transactable as a currency once more, which is a really big part of what the ambition is behind the product. So for people who are not familiar with how this golden vault um, thing work, so is that... Uh, when you buy gold, you buy a certificate of gold. You just don't go to a store and buy gold and take it to your home. Or can you do both? You can do both. So you can do both. And the way we've designed the product, which we're the only ones to do it, and I think the reason for that is, you know, coming from the gold industry, you know, I always talk about it, we are the gold industry adopting tech. We aren't tech trying to adopt the gold industry. You know, which means the insights and the capabilities and the understanding of the ecosystem is a lot stronger when we come from the industry position. You know, and we had two really distinctive goals. One, we had to have the ecosystem actually streamlined so it could be in this really um, incredible, low-cost, efficient supply chain to be digitized in an effective way. Uh, and the other part of that was then we had to deliver the digital side. But the, the end goal was we don't want this to be a case of you can't take your money and get your money from the bank. You go there and say, I want 100 grand, they go, we haven't got it. We wanted this to be the way the system, we feel the system should be. If you own 10 kilos of gold, you should be able to go and collect it. Uh, vice versa, if you want to go redeposit that gold, you should be able to deposit and get the digital representation back and go out and spend it and do whatever you like with it. So, you know, we've really been building the system around the idea that you can go in and out. It's okay. So, you looked at blockchain again, you saw there was a use case there. How was your journey into finding your right partner and actually building a business and launching it? Yeah, uh, really good question. So, uh, originally, uh, Ethereum is where we started, you know, which I think is where a lot of people start. It, it seems to be the most obvious choice. You know, the biggest issue we had is we face challenges that others don't, which is we are actually responsible for a physical commodity that's attached to blockchain. You know, so it's not a case of let's not worry about it in 10 years. If it has that token hasn't quite worked, it's not such a big deal for us. In our case, we're storing, insuring, managing a physical infrastructure and ecosystem. You know, so there's a really strong, um, strong need for us to get it right. Uh, and the issues around speed, transaction cost, even some of the, the capability of the tokens was, was a struggle for us to feel like it was going to be the right match. Uh, and then actually the current LGM, AJ, who I met, had actually studied under Silvio, who is the founder of uh, Algrand. And for those that don't know, he's won things like the Turing Award, which is the equivalent of the Nobel Peace Prize for mathematics and, and computer engineering. Uh, incredibly smart guy and, and really himself and some other um, amazingly bright people put their minds together to create what they designed was, you know, and what I would say is probably the best blockchain tech in the marketplace. And it changed sort of our ability and what we could do. You know, we're talking about super fast transaction speed, uh, lightning, like really low cost and, and a lot of other extra capability people don't know about such as like atomic swaps that are natively embedded into the actual functionality of the Algorand network, which we see it as a major part of the future, the idea you can transact with someone anywhere in the world and it's trustless and you don't have to worry about a third party sitting in between is, is fascinating and I think a part of future of, of currency in itself, which we do see gold as a big part of. 
Do you think the gold industry is ready? Uh, I think there are two, two sides. Some are ready, some are realizing that they, they need to be a part of the change. You know, and we really see that, you know, that there's thousands of independent gold businesses globally, you know, and we really see them as, as the independent bank branches of this ecosystem. You know, I talk about this quite a lot. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, really resonate with the concept, and that is that we want there to be, you know, five, ten thousand bank branches that are on and off ramps to the digital ecosystem, that are independently owned, you know, that have this trustless structure around them, that that are also local that you can go and talk to, that that are really going to help remove some of the barriers between those who are uninitiated into the space and those who want to be involved. So, you know, I think that will be a really great step, and those businesses. One can start to see the opportunity, or start to realise they need these additional pieces to their business. But number two, they're they're really well equipped for it. You know, they're used to dealing with cash, they're used to dealing with ID, they're used to dealing with AMLs and KYCs. They have dealt in an alternative currency in precious metals. This is just a slightly different version of, of a similar concept. So the processes for them aren't that different, and we are giving them all the tools they need to be able to do that really easily, effectively, and a really good cost base. Because I think that's also important. You don't want to go and buy Bitcoin and pay an insane premium to do it over the counter, it still needs to be representative of, of a reasonable price and reasonable charge that sort of fits with that as an investment or a use case. So how does the journey look like for, let's say, uh, independent gold bullion dealer that sits in any city in the world to, to, to transform their business and bring them what, you know, their transactions into the chain? Yeah, so actually, I don't think anyone's asked me that, so it's a, it's a good question. Uh, uh, the, the process itself, there's all different tiers to how you can be involved in the ecosystem. You can go all in and be like, you know what, I love the tech, I just want to be deep, let me let me take on everything that Meld has to offer. Or you can dip your toe in, you know, because I think a part of what we do is, is we also want to be unbiased, we also want to be quite you know, free in the way we don't want to force anyone to do anything, we want to make any particular requirements. You know, the only requirement is you need to meet the, the the safety security requirements and be a good actor in the ecosystem. Other than that, we're happy to help you be a part of this ecosystem as best we can. You know, for a gold business that wants to be a part of it, what they can do as a base level is join up to the platform, actually complete their onboarding process and start to transact in digital metal, physical metal, offer it over the counter, as well as doing retail and wholesale themselves. <clears throat> so that is like a really base level and start to actually get their gold supply from the ecosystem, both digital and physical. You know, the next step is there's a whole other level of product that we're building out, such as a complete point of sale system for OTC digital transactions, which then just makes their life incredibly easy and takes away a lot of the hard work and takes away all the issues of hedging and managing pricing and managing inventory. Um, so it is a bit of a stage process to how involved you want to be. Uh, and we're seeing both. We're seeing businesses that just want to dip their toe in see advantages to parts of the ecosystem that they want to take advantage of, but the other sort of side scares them a little bit, you know, which I'm actually really okay with because I think it's the first step to them being involved in a greater way. And once they start using the platform and appreciating the value, I think we'll start to see them use other elements that would be really exciting to have out there in the marketplace. What are some of those things that may have scared some of your now customers that after a while transacting on the platform and dealing with you, they've come, oh, okay, I you completely dismystified that for me. I'm no longer scared. This is awesome. Yeah, I think there's, there's again, like, I feel like I say two parts a lot, but there's two parts. Uh, part there's always one, two parts. <laughs> part one is I think a lot of them actually feel anxious about openly saying they're a part of the space. 
so for some of them, I think their customers are going to be like, oh, what the hell are you doing being involved in blockchain or in crypto is, I think, is the slightly more negative term that we see used, you know, or used in a negative way. Um, so I think that's component one. There's a little bit of fear that they don't want to be the one to put their hand up and say, I'm actually involved and participating and think this is a good idea. Um, and the other part is they don't understand it and there's a bit of fear around not understanding. Um, you know, with that also comes this element of competition. You know, the industry has been, when I was saying before, they've been really uncollaborative. It is true, you know, most of the industry sort of sits in their own corner and fights their own battle. You know, and MELD represents something completely different, which is this idea, let's all work together to benefit ourselves collectively. It's better for everyone, both yourselves, your customers, the ecosystem, you know, creating gold as a currency, which most of these businesses have always thought gold should be. But by the same token, they're sort of coming and sitting side by side with who people they would have seen as competitors to actually work together in this ecosystem. You know, financially, it's actually really beneficial. There's a lot of savings, a lot of cost savings, as well as a lot of, you know, um, ability to gain access to extra supply and access to extra liquidity. So at the moment, it is the biggest piece that helps us overcome that sort of fear. And then once they're involved, they do start to go, okay, you know, no one's freaking out. My customers haven't thought of insane. And, and I think a part of that is because when you talk about gold represented digitally, uh, recently I had someone telling me, it seems, it seems so strange. And I said, well, think about it the way cash was. You know, you used to have cash, you didn't have a bank account. Then you take your cash, you put it into the bank and you get digital representation. This is the same concept, but with a transparent way of actually having the real metal backing that currency, which is the way it should have been. And a lot of people don't actually realize the original Australian currency was all backed by gold you actually had a redeemable amount of gold written on the banknotes, for example, throughout the 20s. Uh, and that changed over time, as we all know. So, you know, returning to that concept, I think, is really sensible. You were saying something, and I had a question, and that <laughs> slipped my mind. I, I, I'm I, sure. I will, uh, if you like, I'll, I'll mention one other thing, which I think is important, which is, you know, we are, we do understand that we aren't purely digital, we aren't purely physical. You know, our goal is to create sort of the best hybrid version. You know, we're never going to be the perfect digital product or the perfect physical product. We are trying to service both worlds and bring together this hybrid model um, that, that I think is, is really interesting and a necessity for that understanding component. You know, so decentralizing the metal across an ecosystem that's physically decentralized as well as having the decentralized ledger technology, I think is the right combination for future adoption. Um, and I talk about this a bit, but the idea of, let's say, fiat is no more, let's say it doesn't work, we realize it's maybe not functional or the way it's actually the economics behind it hasn't worked. What's a stable alternative you'd be paid your wages in? You know, I'd be nervous to be paid in a lot of different things. I wouldn't be nervous about gold. It's stable. It's accepted everywhere. It's something where if I got my wages, I wouldn't be worried the next day it might be worth a lot less and I can't pay my rent. You know, so we really see it as having that position for the future. I, I remember what it was now. So. Within your network, you, you, you sign all these different gold dealers and they each one of them hold a certain amount of gold. So that in actual fact means that the gold storage is decentralized, not just the gold certificate. Correct. So And with the gold storage, like there's a really stringent requirement to be a part of a physical network that forms the Meld ecosystem. So there's dealers who don't have gold within their actual holding, which is majority of the ecosystem. And then there's a small number that do actually have gold. So, and that is the intention. The intention is we don't want all this gold in one country in one vault. You know, we want this gold spread out with trustworthy actors throughout the entire ecosystem globally. 
you know, so this metal can be accessible in this global currency banking network. Uh, I think, and that's the right hybrid combination for the future of, of the digital and physical working together. Have you had a case of someone coming in with their mailed gold tokens and say, I want gold? Uh, we have, yeah, we have. We, we've <laughs> also had, which, you know, a, a really cool part of that too is we've had people come in with mailed gold and wanted silver. You know, oh, which all these okay. things are really possible as well. Yeah. Uh, and look, that's that's kind of the beauty of the product is it gives you options that uh, are one are much more low cost to transact in, but also you know even little things if you have the physical at home and a lot of people own physical gold even whether it be jewelry or bullion to sell it you know if the price is great at midnight you have to wait until the time opens you have to go in if it's a really particularly busy deal you might have to book a week ahead like it's not always as easy as you'd like it be uh, if you do have digital for example and you want to come in and actually get your physical really possible you can do it with any uh, any depository partner which are those partners that can hold metal mm -hmm. uh, you pay all you pay is the cost of actually like acquiring the physical form of the metal so you go I've got a kilo of silver there's a small charge for actually making it in whatever form you choose you might go I want a one ounce coin I want a one kilo bar I want 10 ounce bars you can decide on what form you want and then you can redeem hand over your tokens pay your fee for actually acquiring the physical format of the metal and you're good to go that is so interesting. I wonder if more people are going to do that or if this is really going to be all digital and everybody's just happy to hold their tokens. Yeah, look, I think I think the, the stage that will help decide that is as, as the ability to earn yield on digital metal comes to fruition, I think that's when we'll start to see a lot more people interested in the digital side uh, because then there's a really strong reason as to why you'd have digital. You know, it makes sense, you know, you can go get money on your Australian dollars in your bank account, you know, sadly it's it's reasonably dismal and maybe doesn't count for much. But, you know, the brilliant part about that, that blockchain is the ability to actually earn yield on assets is there and is available and is really possible. So I think we'll really start to see it take the form of a currency when you can actually take your digital gold and earn a 6% interest on that gold. I think that's going to be really fascinating and that's when we'll see more people holding the digital form versus the physical. Yes, and blockchain networks work 24-7. They don't exactly. stop and they don't have a 9 to 5s and they work across all time zones. Exactly right. It's, it's super open in that way. Right? And, and look, people don't realize, but gold, uh, if, if you can actually you can actually look this up yourself, uh, gold is the most globally accepted currency in the world right now. So it's the only currency that the entire globe accepts, appreciates, understands and accepts in local currency at local currency rates. You know, no other currency can make that claim. Uh, and it's got 5,000 years of, of existence and understanding that has meant that that could happen globally. So, you know, it's one of the few things that is really well positioned to actually be a replacement or an alternative to fiat that's still stable and usable. So you mentioned silver before. So it's melt gold just about gold or are you going into other uh, Definitely going into well. other metals. So silver is already available and, and existing now. We also will introduce platinum shortly as well. Um, and, and really, it, it's that entire metals ecosystem and anything that's a part of the current metals ecosystem that, that makes sense will be a part of the metal offering. Uh, so we're really excited for that because especially for platinum, you know, platinum's not an easily accessible metal in the best of times. And it can be a really interesting investment component. You know, I do see silver and platinum as less currency, more investment metals. Uh, and other PGM metals as well, such as rhodium and palladium, are super fascinating, have incredibly powerful um, investment opportunities in recent years as the price has risen. And a lot of that's due to the technology and the use of these metals in technology and the very, very limited availability of these metals. So opening that marketplace up is another part for us. 
is a question that I always ask. How do you explain blockchain for the non-techy people in your lives or even your non-tech clients? I'm, I'm sure that's a challenge that you've had to overcome many times. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think my answer always varies depending on who I'm talking to as well. Um, you know, I think it would vary from my grandmother to my brother, for example. You know, I think age and and technology understanding and background has an impact as well. You know, I, I sort of I sort of like to think about it. It is it is a community judged ecosystem. You know, I often say that the community or the participants are the judge, jury, and executioner, and I think that's the the beauty of the technology. You know, this is not a case where you need to trust someone else to do the right thing. Uh, and I think in, people are intrinsically good. I think the, the biggest issue is as organizations get bigger and bigger and bigger, the ability to have that level of understanding and commitment and, and passion and goodness intrinsically through the organization becomes very, very tough. You know, and this is also why we set out to decentralize the ecosystem because we don't want to be the king of gold and a gold global currency, we want to be the facilitator that allows 5,000 independent gold businesses to form this network. Uh, because on an independent level, I think that's really possible. And I think that education piece of explaining it to individuals, you go into a business where the owner works in a gold business, which in, in a lot of cases is the case, and you talk to someone who can tell you about it, who's been there for 30 years, I think that is a massive element to removing these barriers. You know, so I often say to people, if, if you think about it, it's like a bank that's run by the users of the bank. You know, everyone who actually participates and uses this banking system actually gets to see everything and make decisions around what happens by being participants and not having to trust what someone else tells you. Community-led banking. Yeah, that's I a like very it. good way yeah. of. It's um... a good tagline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, a lot of people say Bitcoin is the gold standard of crypto. I'm pretty sure you disagree with that. How, yeah, how, how well, does, does that go for you? Uh, I think there's, there's an entire uh, psychological, I think, conversation or, you know, a philosophical conversation about gold versus Bitcoin as well. You know, in, in reality, Bitcoin's fundamental design, you know, so many of its characteristics uh, are designed around what gold, you know, what gives gold its value. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I think it's also talking about 5,000 years of gold. I think there also needs to be an appreciation that, that time is different now. Um, you know, so judging 5,000 years is maybe not necessarily a great metric. It definitely explains why the entire world accepts it. Um, but I, I think one of the, the really sort of key differences and, and, you know, Bitcoin was meant to be this digital gold that could be a currency, but it's facing the same issues of gold in its native format and its natural format, which is that, you know, now it's hard to transact in, it's slow to actually do it on chain has become really difficult, you know, and that's a problem that's only going to persist and, and potentially get worse. Whereas you know, I think gold is, is really real positioned because it has uses beyond the currency side. So if we can create this hybrid version, I think it's the really right mixture to be a real currency. Whereas at the moment, you know, I definitely wouldn't suggest anyone taking their, their wages on, on Bitcoin. If it's something that that is actually the money you need to live on, I would be very nervous to tell someone to commit their, you know, their life savings to Bitcoin if that's actually the money they need to survive with, you know, for the, for the time ahead, that, that would be a really daunting daunting scenario, whereas gold and the stability of gold actually presents for a more suitable use case as that alternative currency or that alternative stable currency. Yes, risk takers like myself love Bitcoin, and but I'm also very happy to have the, an option. 
and, and look, I have both, you know, so it's not to say I don't own Bitcoin because I do, and I think it has its place, which, you know, in terms of, in, if you if you wore gold a year ago and you wore Bitcoin a year ago, you, you're probably happier with your Bitcoin right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really good example. Um, you know, so I think by the same token, if you bought it in 2017 and sold it, you know, 12 to 18 months later, you might not have been so excited. So, you know, I think uh, for that side of things, they are different. They both play a role and I think they belong in an investment portfolio in both scenarios. And I think in terms of future everyday use cases of currency globally, gold is better positioned to answer that call. And especially in the shorter term, like if you're holding Bitcoin in the longer term, like for example, I have Bitcoin my superannuation, uh, which I'm also going to put some gold there. but like looking 10 years into the future that I think that's a good play but as I said I'm a risk taker and, and I think too you know Bitcoin is still going through a, the price discovery phase in reality and I, I think that discovery phase is still a long way off being being completed you know I think we've got a really long journey of Bitcoin really finding its place if you talk about how much money is in the market for in terms of the community, there's not actually that much. You know, I think if you then go, those who have money in the market, how many really understand blockchain? I think that, you know, then get down to a really small segment of the market that actually understands and are invested. Um, so I, I think, I guess, it's our battle for, for the next sort of 10 years is to help the, help the community understand this is a technology. You know, maybe forget currency for a minute and understand this is an incredible technology that is incredibly powerful and useful. And it is definitely here to stay, stay in one form or another. Uh, and if they can get over that part, I think the rest of it will become easier to understand and appreciate. Absolutely. I just mentioned superannuation. Um, are you looking to form partnerships with the super funds and how is that space evolving? Most currently? definitely. Like at the moment, there's no, you know, the, the self-managed super, really easy. You can actually participate right now. Um, as I'm sure you have done by the sounds of it. Yes. Uh, in terms of actual major super funds, their their involvement in, in the blockchain space, uh, from, from what I understand, is, is non-existent for the minute. I think they are interested, and I think they've got their eye on the ball, you know, talking to some people uh, overseas who are involved with some of the major super funds. They're actually getting involved in a way I think is quite different. Like, in a lot of cases, they're getting into blockchain, but they're just getting a USD stablecoin. Um, and not because they think they want to hold USD stablecoin. I think a lot of them are gearing up for starting to get an understanding of how it works and get comfortable. Because we also all know if, if, if you know, the time comes they want to be involved and, and it's time when everyone wants to be involved, it's one, really hard to get help because, you know, everyone's screaming for assistance and help. And number two, wrapping your head around this space in a short period of time is not an easy task. So, you know, I, I think we're seeing the signs that, you know, super funds and similar large organizations are starting to get involved in ways that are really low risk and easy and more about getting familiar with the tech, which I hope is because they are gearing up to get involved in a bigger way. And also because you investing or buying gold tokens will be much more familiar to them than buying Bitcoin, for example, for or sure. any other crypto, or, or just trying to tackle DeFi. <laughs> Completely, you know, a really good project um, uh, based overseas was building on our grand well called Ledgermatic, really great team, really nice guys. You know, they're finding on that institutional side as well, that, that exact use case. They're actually like, look, we want to kind of get involved and, you know, maybe start holding some stable coins to get familiar with the process and the tech. You know, and gold is a great example of that because something they're comfortable with, something they're used to, something they can understand. You know, so I think we're really real positioned for that side as well, which is which is really great. Um, you know, I think there's still, you know, 
I think there's a long way to go in terms of understanding DeFi and how that fits in this future economy, you know, and how regulation fits around that sort of scenario. But I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think being a part of it now means you get to be on that journey as well. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, any final words of advice for, you know, uh, let's, um, let's think about your customers, the, the gold, the gold um, dealers that may listen to this. Um, how, why should they get involved? Uh, look, I, I think for starters, uh, you know, I would categorically say that it is the future. You know, I think this is coming and this is something you can be a part of. I also think the, the outlook of being a part of digital gold is not scary. You know, it, it's not the same scary level that I think a lot of people still associate everything blockchain with this scary side of the market. And, and it's really untrue. Um, you know, I think a great example is here at Blockchain Week, you know, they had MasterCard talking about creating blockchain tech for beef farmers to get paid faster and monitor the supply chain. Yeah, an incredibly smart and sensible use case. You know, they've been talking about tokenizing medical records and identity, you know, you know, this currency side is not necessarily what it's all about. You know, again, it's this technology use case. So I think for any businesses out there who are interested, especially in the gold space, talk to us, we, we're happy to answer any questions, you know, even if it's, you don't get involved, but you want to understand more, you know, this is what we're all about. You know, we're in this for the long run. Uh, for us, it's more about getting involved in the marketplace, helping educate people. And if you want to be involved, there's incredible benefits and incredible power to this technology that we can help you utilize and access. If you just want to learn more to start to educate yourself and maybe be prepared and be ready in case the time does come for you to be involved, we're happy to help as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate it. And there was the precious human, Michael Cotton. Such a wealth of knowledge this man has. I really loved listening to Michael's industry's insight and his vision for the future of precious metals as tokenized assets. I'm very curious to see what this industry looks like in a few years. To connect with Michael and his team, check out the links in the description. And the same goes for me as you know it. They are all there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for coming along this journey with me where we get to know the people building the decentralized future. You know what comes next. I will see you in the next block. Bye.